Welcome to Camdeners, the official podcast for the Camden Clean Air Initiative with me, Jeffrey Young. In this podcast, we get to know and discover the lives of Camdeners, those special individuals shaping the unique and vibrant culture of the borough of Camden. Today, we're here in the studio with Rafe Offer, founder of Sofa Sounds. Uh, welcome, Rafe. Thank you, Jeff. It's great to be here. Excellent. Well, yeah. I, I wonder if you give us a little bit of background on yourself and how, how you got into the music industry, if that's what you consider yourself in. Yeah, that's actually a good way of putting it because I was never in the music industry. I've always been just a fan. I'm not a musician. I'm just a lover of music. And growing up in Chicago, my father would play music for himself and he'd totally zone out. And I'd try to interrupt him and, and, and say something. And he would be so into his music, which is often classical or opera, that you, you couldn't even get through to him. And that stuck with me, that sense of music appreciation and just being in the moment. And so I spent my childhood in the States and worked there for a variety of companies. I think the one that had the biggest impact on me was Walt Disney and uh, eventually got a job over here in the UK. And I'll come back to, to why Disney was important with so far. Eventually got a, a job with a, a drinks company called Diageo over oh, yeah, here. Yeah. And I had kind of the craziest title ever. I was the chief imagination officer, Ooh. which was a fancy way of saying, think of new business ideas. And while I was working at Diageo, and that was just toward the end of my time there, I was always thinking that it's great to go hear music, but like my father, I kind of appreciated being in the moment and focusing. And not long after that, I was in a bar in Soho with two friends. Soho in London? Yes. This all started here. Thanks for correcting me. And the band was called the Friendly Fires and they were starting to play. And there was this moment halfway into the gig where I just felt that all was, was wrong. People were talking, people were texting, phones were out. The bar was open and you could hear the clanging of the beer bottles louder than the music itself. And I kind of thought, you know, these are all okay things, but not when I'm trying to listen. And I turned to my friends whose names are Dave and Rocky and said, you know, can you imagine someone doing this at a movie or the ballet, you know, whipping out a phone and having a conversation? And yet here we are interrupting this form of art. So we left and just went home and brainstormed a bit and came up with an idea that was not original. People have had music in other spaces and houses for centuries, but it was new to us. And so we decided at that moment, let's put a gig on in my house in the house and see what it was like. And so at the time I was a guy working in marketing and innovation in the drinks business and had a background with various companies and in those things. So I knew nothing about the music business. And I think that's probably one of the reasons why so far worked because I didn't care about all the rules and broke all of them 
and was lucky enough that other people liked what I was doing. Great. And so today, so far sounds, what, what's your involvement today? Yeah. So today I am chair of the board. I am a founder in the business. So what that means is I'm co-pilot with the, the CEO who I brought in about three years ago uh, after myself being CEO for 10 years uh, for the next stage of growth. So I'm quite involved in kind of the big picture. Yep. And also I'm an evangelist for the business and looking after the, the higher level things and less so the, the guts and the day-to-day of, of the business. So it's kind of an ideal job after being in the engine room for so long. Yeah. And it allows me to do some other things as well. And the uh, the, the home base of, of Sofa Sounds is Camden? Yeah. Yeah. We were born near the and bred. House, near the roundhouse. Absolutely. You know, born and bred in my house, which is in Belsize Park. And uh, office has been for many years in the roundhouse, literally in the building next door, uh, one floor below the headquarters of the staff of the roundhouse. I love Camden. I've been here now for 16 years. Hey, that's a true Camdener. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't want to be anywhere else, Jeff. It's just yeah. a great place, as you know. Yeah. Yeah. So what, what's the scale of Sofa Sounds today? What, what, like how many gigs do you does the platform organize? Yeah, I'd like to get into the guts of that. So what's the scale? Yeah. Well, if you're in any one of 400 cities, uh, you would be coming to one of our gigs. We're doing nearly, but not quite there, but we will be there a thousand gigs a month. As far as I know, there's no one else on the planet doing that many events. And I think the point is that if, uh, Jeff, you're on a holiday, you said you were just in Paris, mm. it's highly likely there will be a couple gigs yeah. when you were there. Look us up. It's a great way to see a city. And also for a musician, let's say you're from Sydney, but you're in town in London, yeah. you know, we might just have a place for you to play. So the platform, as you, as you put it, is, or, or the, you know, the, the community, we like to say, is a real community. We are in every one of those, depends on the, the month, but let's call it, you know, 400-ish cities. Uh, there's a real team there. I was in Belfast last week, uh, Stockholm a few weeks before, New York. You know, there are people on the ground making this magic happen. And today we do other things to help artists along on their way around artists' services and support. But the foundation and where we started and our, our home base is putting on these events. And they are um, roughly an average of 75 people. They're intimate. They're not just where we started in people's houses, although we still do it that way. I still host. But they are also in any sort of space where I think you can have people be inspired to lean in and really listen. So... The scale is uh, global. Yeah. We're not yet on Mars or Venus <laughs> or underwater. We'll have to have a word with Elon about that one. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Or Richard Branson, who yeah. actually uh, invested in, in so far in the oh, early days. Okay, great. Yeah. So you just never know. Yeah. Yeah. And how many musicians do you estimate have played over the years? So they're roughly... On a non-COVID year, we have to have that asterisk now with any live events business, 30,000 a year would play. So 
overall, it would be well north of 100,000, well north ever. And I think we think of it as a platform for artists to get their start and then also increasingly to help them along their way as they start to develop. Yeah. Um, so on that very point of, of actually getting a start for musicians, it's a hard, it's a hard industry to, to make it in. Hmm. You know, like, so, yeah, how, how, do you, how do you guys, you know, help really? I mean, what's the, hmm. what's the process they go through to? You're right, it's brutal uh, to get uh, going and also to sustain yourself, especially without a consistent paycheck or any clarity on how you can find your way from unknown to sustainable. So we give them something that I understand from my musician friends and our research is super powerful. It's fans early. Those first call it thousand fans are really hard to come by. And, you know, if an average of 70, 75, 80 people roughly are at an event and you play 10 events, you're starting to get towards that. We can't turn a fan into a fan, but we can give you the exposure. And what we do that is rare in the music industry is first of all, give you that chance before you necessarily have any following. We don't care if you have followers or how many you have. We just care if the music seems to be right, if yep. it's good. Yep. And good is subjective. Yep. So it's you know my ears against your ears, but we have to start somewhere. Mm-hmm. So we have a team in each of those 400 cities who listens yep. and decides if it's right for Camden or wherever the local place is. Then what happens is we invite you to come along and you don't have to market. And mm-hmm. that's super rare in music. You don't have to call your mom and your friends and post on Instagram and wherever else to get people, to beg people, to convince people to come to see you. And those are fans who already know you. Yeah. We ask you to show up without doing anything but playing. And so what happens is you have all these people who don't even know because we don't announce who's playing, Uh which I, I can get to, but we don't announce who's playing. So we have these people come expecting to be in a discovery mode. Yeah. And so you get new fans. So if your music blows them away, which we hope it does, then by the end of the gig, you can ask them to sign up for a mailing list and go to your next concert, any concert and sell your merch. The format, which I should have explained earlier, is three acts, all unannounced. They're unannounced because of what I said to get more fans, but they're also unannounced because it's a bit of fun and also because we don't believe in headliners. So, for example, we had Billie Eilish play her first ever concert. No one knew who she was. People obviously enjoyed her. And while we would never claim to be a part of her success, we were there for her and many others at the very beginning. And so I think the point is you have three acts. You don't know who they are. You as a fan come with an open mind and see something different. Yeah. And do... Does any money change hands here? Sure. Yeah. So for five years, it was a volunteer project. Yeah. I started it for fun. And just after five years, it got too busy to be a fun project only. Mm. So we had to do something to make money for myself, for my family, for the others who work on this, Mm -hmm. and also for the musicians. So we sell tickets. Yep. 
It depends on the city and the day. The tickets in Belfast might be a bit cheaper than London. The tickets in New York might be a bit more expensive than in Melbourne. Yeah. It depends. But yeah. we just sell tickets. Yeah. The first people we pay are always artists. Yeah. They get a flat fee. They know what they're they're going to get for coming up and playing. Right. Yeah. Oh, that's that's vital that there's yeah. that money for the. But also, I, I mean, and again, my own experience with our little project, the Coffee Music Project. Um, I get that point about the, you know, I've been to enough gigs where, yeah, people are nattering away in the background. As you said, clanging of glasses and everything like that. And sometimes they're even playing to a very empty room, and they're highly talented people. Yeah, I, I mean, it's. It's tragic sometimes. I agree. And, and all those musicians really want is actually they'll often spend more in their transport to get to a gig, uh, to move, you know, to move a keyboard around and and just to actually have someone listen to them and appreciate their music. It's it's profound, really. Yeah. Totally agree. It's what they say more than the money is the quiet and the listening. Yeah. That they're there for. And one of the things well, it sounds like we both try to do is give them that platform, somewhere mm. to play. Mm. And with so far, since we've expanded, we can offer them if they're the right style and the right type of music or rather the right quality for the local team to play around the country, maybe even around the world. Yeah. Wow. One guy, Josh Savage, who's from Winchester in the UK and now based in Berlin has played in 15 countries for us. And he said that the best part of it was meeting local people who can show them around their Lima or somewhere yeah. in Costa Rica, et cetera. Yeah. Are there any kind of favorite moments of this whole, obviously that initial moment that you had that complete like epiphany in, in Soho, but over the years, you know, from 2009 to today, any moments that stand out as just, that was a wow moment. That was, or there, or there are there hundreds of experiences like that. Yeah, there's so many. One that stands out where I just recognized that the what I had started was gonna soldier on and be open to everybody. So not just the musicians, but all the fans. Was when we had an event in New York on a hot day in the Bowery, and oh, yeah. because of that, we left all the doors open. And at that time, we weren't ticketing yet. We were passing a hat, which we always did. Usually my hat usually <laughs> was ruined by the end of the night. And we passed the hat around at the end of the gig. But at the start of the gig, there was a latecomer who wasn't invited. It was a homeless man. And he wandered in and he smelled. He had been sleeping rough for a long time. And he came in and no one bad an eye. And he sat down and he listened with everybody else. At the end of the night, then the hat went round. And at that time, people would put in a dollar, two dollars. Well, it got to him and he reached into his grubby jeans and he pulled out a $20 bill and put it in the hat. Wow. And the hostess of the night, Jody, kind of ran over to him and said, thank you so much. And he stopped her and said, no, thank you. That was the first time in a long time I've been treated like everybody else. Wow. And uh, I'm also a musician wow. and it's been a little tough recently, but I love the fact that you all listen. And with that, he walked off into the sunset and it just made us all realize, you know, we'd built a community that was welcoming to all. 
And that was Bob Dylan. (laughs) (laughs) I need to change the story. (laughs) Um, Okay, so Camden's a very musical place. Um, Do you get a lot of gigs happening in and around the borough of Camden? Oh, yeah. Um, Dozens and dozens. Uh, uh, And, well, over, over the years, probably in the thousands when you add up my house and there's this guy, Chris Roach, who had a house not far from where we're talking now off of the high street. And I think he hosted 55 times. We lost count. So there, Camden is probably our favorite place. It's our, our homeland. It's a great place for music. Obviously the history's incredible. And we've, we've been there for a lot of artists before they were known. We had Bastille, if you know that. Oh, yeah, yeah. They played yeah. in Camden. Yeah. In a house, they, we had uh, back in the day, uh, George Ezra, who played around here, yeah. Wolf Alice, and, oh, yeah. and many who became well-known, and then many who didn't, but that's okay. They just, they just were talented. But Camden's great because you, you can go out before, you can go out after. <laughs> it's just sort of, it bleeds music. Mm. And, uh, and I, I love being headquartered here. Yeah. And, and you made, obviously, Camden not only the the home of Sofa Sounds, but at your own home. And um, what, is it, what is it about Camden that keeps you here? I think the thing about Camden that's very special is the range of stuff you can do, not even in a day, in a couple of hours. You can walk around a park and feel lost in the park mm. and amidst the flowers and the trees as if you were maybe in your homeland in Australia. Mm. and then you can party all night. You can listen to music. You can have great food and you can feel safe. Mm. You know, there's a vibe and a bit of an edge, Mm. just enough of an edge where you don't feel like you'd be worried about your daughters walking around. Mm. And that's important too. So there's a safety, a community and a vibrancy. And as we know, there've been changes Mm. and I think it adapts well to those changes and we'll probably see a lot more you may, I think, and we might have talked about the Highline project. Mm. I love that there's hopefully going to be a Highland, mm. Highline just like in New York, going from Camden to King's Cross. So things are happening mm. and people don't rest here. They just keep going and developing. So with all those, all those gigs happening, there must be an extraordinary array of hosts. You know, who are these people that sort of, decide to take people into their homes and are they musicians or are they just music lovers or an eclectic group of people? I mean, tell us about the hosts. It's everything. In fact, one of them was my neighbor at the time, Guy Chambers, who is a a wonderful musician and and songwriter and lots of other things based in, in Camden. So he hosted, he and his wife and their kids, they hosted in in their house. So you could have someone like him. We also had a lot of people in, I guess, what we call here warehouse flats, you know, big abandoned whatever that have been taken over by creative people. And then we have business owners who want to have a new audience, have a spotlight. We do some in Camden Stables, Mm, a number of places there. So it's everything from new businesses to people who want a little attention to people just want to have something different and kind of cool yeah. happen in their house. Yeah. 
Sometimes we have people uh, who we don't really know them that well. Yeah. There was an accountant in, in Madrid who once hosted who turned out to be a drug dealer. Okay. That's an interesting story. All went well. You just, but you just never know. And then one time, my favorite was when we hosted with the Norwegian government at the top of a ski jump in Oslo. They were looking to get some attention to it in the summer when it was for bungee jumping. Oh, wow. And they asked us if we would want to have a gig at the very top of the ski jump, which we said, sure, why not? Uh, we didn't realize there was a tiny little elevator that went to the platform where you could fit about 55 people. And the bands who played didn't realize where it was. They figured it was at the base of the ski jump. And they didn't tell us they were all afraid of heights. <laughs> so we had to pry them with a bit of beer and whiskey, get them <laughs> over their fear. And then they played. And that was glorious. Wow. So you you never know. Excellent. So if someone wanted to play at, at Sofa Sounds... Um, how do how do they how do they do it? How do they how do they get sure. become part of your community? Sure. So the simplest thing is just to go to our website, sofarsounds.com, S-O-F-A-R-S-O-U-N-D-S.com, and there's prompts to play, to apply to play. Everybody's reviewed. You'll hear back, you know, usually within a short amount of time. Same with hosting. So yeah. if you want to host, you can apply to host or just come to one, see what the vibe's like, yeah. and then go to BMC and say, hey, I'm, I'm into this. Can you check out my my space? Yep. Most of them are pretty intimate. Sometimes we do them a little larger, but most of them are fairly intimate. So you don't be shy. Yep. So hosts are welcome. Artists are welcome. And uh, if anyone wants to attend uh, and hasn't been, uh, check it out. And hopefully it goes well. Um, get a hold of me. If you have any questions as well, I'm just Rafe at SoFarSounds.com. R-E-F-E. So other than Sofa Sounds, what, what else are you, what other projects are you involved in at the, in at the moment that uh, you're excited about? Well, thanks for asking. So, so far is a, a huge part of my life. There is time now for a few other things. I mentioned earlier, I'm involved in helping get some attention for the Camden Highline Project. And that, that is a charity project uh, right in the heart of Camden. And I've also started a, a different business, a completely different business that is focused on helping people have better conversations in real life to get over those anxieties that many of us have because of COVID, because of technology, we're focused on our phones and we're putting together an app to help people uh, get over that anxiety and facilitate deeper, more meaningful, better conversations. Focusing on Gen Z or Z, who really struggle uh, these days with some health concerns and about talking to each other. The bigger picture there is that having better relationships and conversations is actually the key to a longer, happier life. If anyone out there wants to read more about it, uh, the, the book, A Good Life, uh, about the Harvard study of 86 years and counting, talks about w why that's so important. And my, my new business is called This and That, This and That dot chat. This and that. This and that dot chat. Dot chat. Yes. And another <laughs> creation in the borough of Camden. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> well, just, just finally, if 
you've obviously met a lot of musicians. Some have become very successful. Others have, you know, still playing today and others may have given up. What, what tips would you have for a new musician who wants to make it in the music industry, wants to get their music heard or whatever success means? What, what would you, what, what would you give as a piece of advice to a new or a young musician? It's a beautiful question. And there's no, there's no one answer because it's so hard as we mm. discussed. I'd say off the top of my head, first off, play as much as you can, no matter whether it's one person drunk in the back yeah. or a thousand people or whatever you can get, because you really never know who's going to be there. And you just get better and better every time. Mm. So in those early, early days before maybe you're being managed or being super careful about your audience dynamics, play. Secondly, network. It's hard for some people to get out and talk to people, but take every meeting, every gig and every meeting, because the key to get from point A to point B as a new musician is the people around you. And it's hard to meet the right people. So you've got to, as this saying goes, kiss a lot of frogs to get out there. And then the obvious advice is, you know, go with your gut. Don't give up. I mean, that's true with almost everything in life. But as much as anyone, a creative person has to really have some true grit to keep going and to get to the place which I would just call sustainability. So whatever it is you need to be sustainable in your life, and then maybe you have a job as a barista and two or three other things, but it's not about becoming famous. It's about getting to the next hurdle. Maybe it's 20,000 pounds a year, scraping by, whatever. Mm. Get there, and then it gives you the freedom to get to the next stage. And the musicians I know who've made it get to those next hurdles, and then they can reach for the stars because they have some stability. Amazing, right? Thanks for joining us here today on Camdenness. You're welcome. And that's all this week for Camdenness. Camdenness was recorded in Serendipity Studios in Arlington Road for the Camden Clean Air Initiative. Camden Town. In Camden Town. In Camden Town.